got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. Well, what a difference a week makes, or maybe not in the life of a miserable Bath Rugby fan. A week after a heartbreaking defeat against Northampton Saints, we are back to review another heartbreaking defeat against Harlequins. I'm Gabriel, that is Charlie. Hi Gabe. And that is Tom. Hi, mate. Yeah, we should probably uh, rethink our uh, our slogan, plugging the boys in, in blue, black, and white, because it's it's pretty difficult to do that at times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. These last two weeks uh, have certainly been testing uh, for a Bath rugby fan. Tom, you announced on the podcast last week that you were going to be caring a lot less about the club from now on, just for the for the sake of your nerves. Have you managed to do that at all? I mean, my fence is in a well, is in the same state as it was last weekend, and I haven't kicked any more holes in it. So um, yeah, I think one of you boys tweeted out uh, asking if anyone knew any local fencing companies, but fortunately, that's that's not needed this week. But um, I don't know. Maybe I feel well, a little. The local, I was going to say the local economy does need a boost because they're not really selling many shirts around here. Yeah, all tickets. Um, yeah, I do feel a little bit more dispassionate about it this week. Um, if I'm honest. And I think the reason for that is, is because I just knew it was going to happen. Yeah. We got to 60, 70 minutes. And um, yeah, I think the guys I was watching with, I just said, I know we'll throw this away. There's mm. absolutely no way we can win this. Even when Khan Fotoili got that turnover at the end and it looked for all money that, um, that, that we were going to win the game. I just, I just thought we'd come up with, a, with an inventive way to throw it away um, after 80 minutes. And uh, yeah, we're certainly we're certainly consistent um, in that regard. <laughs> it's just not that inventive, though. We do it the whole time. It's the same old story, <laughs> but it's it's, yeah. it's just like sickeningly almost comedic in the, in the fact that like there were a few opportunities that Harlequins had to to win the game, and we we kept just holding them off. Tom Homer made a really good tackle. Fotwali got the turnover, as I said, um, but we just managed to do it right at the last minute. Um, yeah, in, in, impressive. Certainly, yeah, no such thing as a. You know, short sharp quick death for us it's always slow and painful and as you say it's pulled out to the final final minute and it just seems inevitable as you say Mm. and it's just so infuriating we just have just this immense incapability Mm. to finish games and it just drives me absolutely up the wall I I just don't know what to do what what, what can we do we we can sit around here we can we can we can discuss oh there were some positives to take out of the game I don't want to do that because not today I'm I'm so fed up with it and yeah I do agree with you Charlie often it is me that is uh, trying to bang the positives into the start of the agenda but I think even I was uh, outruled this week I think let's get straight into it guys and and let's focus on 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 the start of the game uh, before we come come into the end of the game and and how many games of rugby Tom are you going to win when you gift the opposition two converted tries in the first 10 minutes yeah it, it was an absolutely dreadful start and we've we've spoken about uh, many times this season how we've been sort of unable to put in the full 80 minute performances we tend to have these lapses in concentration whether it's at the start of the game like it was against Quinns um, or, or just either side of half time or at the end of the game as we've done many times as well and yeah it, it's, it's just a concentration thing and it's just a game management point as well so First 10 minutes, we had 1% possession, 1%, <laughs> and 0% territory. 
So it's not, it's not a great start. And, you know, we're making these basic errors off the restart and, and putting ourselves in a position where we're last line of defence. It was the same against Northampton. First five minutes, they're pounding our line. Mm. We're having to, to you know, to defend the line for our lives. And then we get the ball and we're messing about with it on, on our own 10 metre line. We make a mistake, we get turned over and, and Marchant's only got 30 yards to, to sprint under the post. So, yeah, for, for me, it's, it's a concentration thing as well as a game management thing. Don't play the play with the ball on your own ten metre line when you've just conceded a, a converted try and you're and you're ten minutes into the game. Get play in the right areas of the field, um, and you can stop these things from these things from happening. But yeah, terrible start. And and as you say, you know, Charlie, the most frustrating thing is that we did so well to pull it back, mm, only yeah. to only to only to throw it away again again at the end. Yeah, I, I think. Sorry, Charlie, just before you come in, but I think what is what is so annoying about that, Tom, is that that you you stressed last week um, on the podcast how how you wanted the wreck to be a, a sort of cauldron of noise. And whilst that did seem sort of quite far-fetched, uh, it, that sort of start just really saps the atmosphere out of the ground. You know, when you're 14-0 yeah. down, the, it just kills the atmosphere. Ob- obviously, none of us were at the game, but but watching the game, you could just feel kind of the energy from the ground, which, you know, there is always a really good energy before the start of every Premiership game. But, but when you're 14-0 down after 10 minutes, you kind of remove the home advantage from the game because the crowd are sort of no longer, not necessarily on the back of the players, but there isn't that sort of energy and that sort of support for the players when you get off to such a horrific start yeah it just just fills the stadium with a bit of pessimism mm. straight from the off and yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah I, I think from the start as well i i certainly think that um it was very difficult because freddie burns playing out of position at fullback certainly didn't get off to the best start um obviously we didn't collect the restart and there were a couple of other kicks where where he wasn't able to gather them and i think when he did finally take i think it was his fifth high ball he, he finally took there were some sort of ironic jeers from the crowd um, which i don't think was slightly harsh but uh, why why was um burns you know it's very difficult for him because fullback we we've seen actually sorry before i ask the question but we've seen over the past few weeks in the Six Nations with guys like Johan Uge playing at 15 um, and, and uh, Robbie Henshaw playing at 15, that fullback is such an important position. And, and when you have a 15 like Liam Williams did for Wales, it is such an advantage for your team. So why are we point. playing a guy yeah. out of position when a guy that's having a really good season in Tom Homer is sat on the bench and McConaughey is sat on the wing? Why are we doing that? I, I honestly couldn't tell you, Gabriel. It's a question you're going to have to ask. Uh, have to ask the coaching setup at Bath. I, I don't understand it. When you got, a, as you say, uh, Tom Omer sat on the bench. He's been playing out of his skin. We've all praised him on this podcast for how he's been playing over the past few weeks. He looks absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. And when he came on, he showed that, and he mm. made some you know, tantalising breaks. You know, almost set up that that, that McConaughey try with the kick through. Um, I, I just I just can't understand it. It's just so simple. Best players, best positions. You don't need to you don't need to fiddle around with it. It's it just, it just doesn't really make sense because you wouldn't you wouldn't be oh, I don't know you, you wouldn't be playing one of your second rows in the centres or something ridiculous. You no, know, just to get wow. that player on. But you just don't you just don't do it. So I just don't know why you, it's there seems to be this seems to be this um, like loophole or yeah. so, what, am I, what am I trying to say? It's this um, this excuse for playing at fullback excuse, for some reason, yeah. yeah. And and, so and, <laughs> and the other thing is what what often the cop out is is that old oh, Tom Homer had picked up a niggle and therefore wasn't um, you know we started him on the bench. But for me again, that argument is is just just doesn't wash because 
it, you know, Burns could have got injured in the first minute mm, and then 100%. Tom Homer's got to play the full 80. So you're either fit to play in the, tw- in the 15 mm. and the 23 or you're not fit at all and, and, and you shouldn't be playing. So yeah, th- that's an argument for me. And, and you know, I completely agree with you, Charlie. Burns is not a fullback. You know, we've seen him struggling in that position before against, against Exeter in the Premiership and also obviously famously against Toulouse in the Champions Cup. And uh, you're absolutely right. We don't ask... We don't ask Zach Mercer, or oh, Zach Mercer probably could play, play fullback <laughs> too fair. We don't ask, Nathan Katz fantastically said, we don't ask him to play, to at play ten. Full, at 10 or, 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 or a, you know, or at fullback. And, you know, maybe that's um, over-egging it slightly because, you know, Burns has got experience at 15, but I would really like for both Freddie Burns' confidence, the fans' confidence, and ultimately um, just a bit of consistency and, and, and confidence in the selection that you make for, for the players to play in their positions and ultimately Burns play at fly half. <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult as well for, for Freddie Burns because he's a sort of guy that I think we've all agreed and I think it's widely agreed that he is a confidence player. And, and he's obviously had a few sort of high-profile errors this season and by putting him out of position I really don't think you're helping him and and he his best elements of his game you know he made a really nice break before um I'm not sure if, if we ended up scoring yeah I think yeah. before the Joseph try yeah. he made a really nice break but but that was playing in sort of a first receiver second receiver type role like he would be doing if, if he was in in a sort of fly half um playing at fly half and then in the wider channels a position that he he would never have to defend in um when he's playing at fly half he really struggles and we saw with the um was it with the Dombrant try you know where, where he sort of you know he wasn't really sure what to do with yeah. JJ on his inside and, and that sort of allowed him to to go on to for the winger to break on the outside yeah we missed tackle marching exactly yeah. missed tackle marching I, I think it's really difficult for him because he, of course he's not going to say I, I don't want to play there so he, he's doing his absolute best but I just think the coaches need to put the players in the best possible yeah. scenario to succeed it, it's not it's not his fault it's, it's certainly a selection and a coaching issue and I think I just add to that I don't think he was helped by the fact that Cooper Vuna was playing on the wing I thought he um, ha- had a fairly poor game positionally certainly he, he let a couple of high balls um, bounce um, you know and didn't take them which is sort of the the first rule of uh, of, of, of fullback not that I know much about <laughs> playing fullback is just don't let the ball bounce because you know the rugby ball can do can do funny things so that as a selection choice doesn't help um, Freddie Burns as well so um, yeah he, he, I think he was he was hung up to dry uh, slightly I think in terms of the selection this week and and hopefully um, you know this is just the, the the final nail in the coffin as it were for his his career at fullback because I, I just do not think he is suited to it and he can be such a good good fly mm. half at times yeah I completely agree Tom so it's obviously not a, a great start for Bath going uh, 14-0 down and as you say battled back reasonably nicely and a couple of positives to take as we'll come on to well we might come on to if I can persuade you guys to talk about them a little bit later but now let's go to to the end of the game and, and where we uh, somehow managed to, to throw it away and I think the real question sort of on Twitter amongst the fans is is sort of why does this keep happening and it is really sort of a prevalent issue um, bar throwing throwing the game away Daniel Evans at, at Somerset Live did a really good article I thought um, published today with some stats about this and and this season during the last five minutes and when the clock is in the red Bath have conceded 45% more points than they have scored mm. so you know it is it is an issue as highlighted there and I just like I think the real question is why it is an issue. Is it a coaching thing? Is it a skit? Is it is it a player thing, Tom? Well, actually, I might try to dive sorry, in mate. here. Yeah, just, I've, I've been, been been quiet for the past couple of minutes because it's just just filling trying me to get your dread. Heart, trying to get your heart rate down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, this is quite a weird analogy that I might make, but 
you for people who've ever watched horse racing sometimes sometimes you, I, I feel like Bath are always searching for that final whistle when we get into a, into a, into a close contest at the, at the end of matches and we're we're almost desperate to get rid of the ball and we we, we seem to be panicking when it comes to the end and, and in horse racing you sometimes see it there are certain horses that seem to get seem to get lost when they're out the front they'll make a break and they're almost searching for the line they're searching for the end <laughs> of the game and then they'll they'll end up you know running off and uh, running off towards a rail or running off uh, and, and looking for other horses which then means that they just get beaten by a nose and that's what we keep on doing we keep on losing games mm. by a nose on that final final whistle because so- I feel I feel like we're panicking we're not we're not just staying calm and 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 slowing slowing the game down to to our pace we we we, we, as you said earlier tom at the beginning of the game we were trying to fling the ball about too much in our own half at the end of the game we were trying some ridiculous things we tried to play the ball out of our own 22 from a scrum you know flinging all the way across the field um I mean, ended up you know, getting the ball turned over or you know, doing an awful kick, which then re- resulted in them just running it, running it back to uh, to, to where we'd where we'd um, just played the ball to. So, and so it, are, sorry, are you suggesting we need a, a Jamie Spencer esque ride uh, <laughs> on board, <laughs> something like that? It's quite we're going down a quite a niche rabbit hole. But um, Jamie Spencer is, is very well known for for, for for his for his late runs from from the back of the field in. Uh, yeah, apologies for that. I'm a little in joke there, I think. But I, I do think you're right, Charlie. And, and Tom, just picking up on, on something you said, I think like you, you felt like it, it was sort of inevitable. And, and I put a tweet out from the Bath Rugby Plug account saying this game has got late heartbreak written all over it. And, and that sort of attitude is, prov- is really uh, prevalent amongst fans. And therefore, like, it must be sort of prevalent amongst amongst. The players, and, and we've spoken about sort of winning habits and losing habits. And this kind of feels to me like, like another habit that we've kind of gotten ourselves into. Like when it comes to the death, I think the players are kind of feeling like it is almost sort of an inevitability, like we're going to concede. And, and whilst they, you know, they, they'd never admit that, and that, that, that's not, not something that you sort of speak about. It does feel like when it comes down to it at the end, like there's just, as you say, so I keep saying it, but a sense of inevitability about the fact that we are going to sort of find a way to, to throw it away. Yeah. And sorry, can I just, can I just come yeah, in? Yeah. You, yeah, and you, you referenced the, the sort of Daniel Evans um, article on Somerset Live and I thought the interview with, with Todd Blackadder that he did was really interesting because he, he pressed um, Blackadder on sort of the mental side of things because mm. for me, this is a mental issue, right? So what went wrong at the end, ultimately, in, in that final phase? We missed our line out. Up until that point, the line was 100%. Mm. So yeah. that's not that's not a coaching issue. That is a failure mentally to execute that skill under pressure when you know that if you don't, um, you, you could well lose the game, right? So it, it, it's a mental thing. And, and Blackadder sort of tried to say, no, it's a coaching point. We take it on ourselves to, to work on the skills. But I, I sort of disagree with that. And also, you know, obviously we've spoken about Katie Warriner and, mm. and how she was brought in after her work with the, with the GB hockey team. Um, and and Daniel Evans sort of pressed Blackadder on what her her remit was, and I, I had a little look on on uh, on the website, and and yeah, her remit is to drive performance by working with the coaches and players, developing individual and collective strategies and skill sets to cope with a variety of mind related areas of high performance sports. Hmm. I mean, if there's one thing that we are not doing at the moment, and that is coping with the mind related areas of of high performance sport because time and time again and more than any team in the premiership as you say G we are conceding late on and 
losing these games. And, and you know, the implications for, for league position in the season are huge. So it, it's very much a mental thing and it is, it's hard to address. But um, yeah, I, I think clearly a lot of work needs to be needs to be done in that area and it's a it's a it's it's, it's become a bit of a an endemic almost in 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 the squad yeah I certainly certainly agree with you Tom there's there's definitely a mental block behind it which is why I think we sit around the microphones we're not psychiatrists or or, or sports psychologists uh so we, we we don't we don't really have that particular insight into that area but there is definitely a mental problem um but I'd also say there is an element of game management about it we uh, we we spoke about nines uh, a couple of weeks mm. ago, didn't we? And and perhaps why you, I think Gabriel, you made the point that why don't we have Max Green on at the start, for example, where he's 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 this more explosive player. We discussed last week that Quins are going to score tries. They've scored so many tries this season, and we're going to have to score more than them. They scored five tries to our three. Um, if if they'd been able to take more of their kicks, and perhaps the scoreline would have been slightly wider. But anyway, they scored five tries. Perhaps we should have highlighted that. I know Chudley has got that in his game, but we the past two weeks Chudley's gone off in the past ten minutes, and we've lost we've lost those games. Yep. And it's yeah. been many times uh, that Chudley has been praised for his his ability to to control the game in those final areas. As I uh, well, my point I was trying to make earlier is is we we've we've panicked in those last mm. ten minutes. We've been we've been scrambling around on our line in 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 that in that game just this weekend, and why. Why? Why do we need to take Chud- Chudley off? For example, there's he's been many times where he's he's played the full eighty, and we've we've walked off victors at the end of the day. Mm. I, I I sometimes feel that that, that, that you know, it's it, it's hard it's it's hard to to say if he'd been on the field, then that may, might have gone differently. But rather than Carnfro to Alihi, you know, just messing around a bit behind his own try line, trying to drag the ball back to then take a kick. We could have lost the game five minutes earlier when uh, when Dave Lewis tried to pounce on the ball as soon as it mm. went over our try line. Um, and that, yeah. you know, perhaps if that was Chudley, he may have just cleared it up the field and said, "That's enough. Let's stop messing around." Yeah, and- I think I think you're spot on, Charlie. I will, will just caveat what what we what we're, you're saying and, and what I agree with what you're saying is by you know it was a bloody lovely turnover from from Fotoliti at the death something which he yeah, he course. certainly does have in his game above someone like Charlie but I think you're absolutely right mate and I, I just reference a game that um that we went to watch live actually me and, me and you Tom uh, in Coventry against Wasps and and that was a tight game um it certainly felt tighter than probably what it was and I think having Charlie on the field at the end there he, he did play the full 80 on that occasion having him on the field there I think I said to you sort of after the game it was a really calming influence and yeah. it does just seem to sort of although Fortaly did get the the nearly match winning turnover it does feel like we are a much calmer side with Chudley on the field and and I think an element of that is his leadership because he's obviously got really good leadership skills in the group because he's been promoted to to sort of captain and co-captain only having been at the season for sort of half a at at the club sorry for half yeah. a season. So I think that that's definitely an element of when we take Chudley off. It's not just his sort of game management, as you say, Charlie, but but also his leadership. Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, he was, he was captain on the day. Mm. So not only do we lose, um, you know, his, his kicking ability, his ability to, to manage the game, but we also lose our captain on the field and, and you know, become, become rudderless. And it's an interesting one. Do you think, why is it, do you think? What is it about Chudley's game? That is it his experience? Is it the fact that he's been at Exeter who have that winning mentality and who have mm. built... Um, up that sort of winning culture over time. It's it's really interesting that that there are just some players that that and some clubs that 
I don't know what it is, whether it's a culture thing or whether it's just just the mentality of the players, whether it's a coaching thing. Um, just win games. Yeah, just just I, know how to get it done, and we 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 really don't. I think it's a num- number of sort of intangibles, as you say, Tom. But but one of them is experience. But then you know, Chudley's not that much more experienced than than someone like Fotoli, and Fotoli's got you know lots of international. He's certainly caps, been around much more for who though? Huh? For who? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Do they win many games. <laughs> no, <laughs> Chudley was in a Chudley was in a Chudley was in an extra team that learnt how to win. Yeah, but no, why I, is he com- why is he coming off? It's, I, it's it's yeah. Anyway, no, I can I completely agree with you, Tom. But I don't think experience is, is necessarily. One. I think there are some sort of intangibles no, which are know, really different to. It's, it's it's all walks of life. Hmm. There are some people who lead. There are some people who follow. I mean, some people go and start up new podcasts and then just and just lead the way like us three, obviously. <laughs> but the, the, the other point, the other point on on game management that I was going to make hmm. um, at, at the end there was was that line out and you know when you think that Levi Douglas came on for Paul Grant um in the flanks you still had Elliot Stook um uh, Dave Atwood started as well and Zach Mercer why did you make the decision when the lineup's been 100% to throw it to Levi Douglas who's not had that much actual game experience um this season He's not taking any lineups that day. He's re- he's recently come on. Throw it to one of your safe jumpers, who's actually going to take the ball. The ball actually, if you look, if you watch closely, goes through um, Levi Douglas's hands. He he really should take that. And it, it's just that kind of call that who I don't know who is calling the lineup. I think it I think it is Dave Atwood, but mm. it's that kind of call that it's just like call it to your banker yeah. jumper that, yeah. that, that, that's I think, worked I, all day. I think I think it was perhaps because he was he was jumping one. Uh, at that particular moment, and you, you one, can one, that yeah, around. I, I, I know, I, I know you can. I'm, just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to answer yeah. his question. I, I there's definitely an element in truth in that, but of course, you, you, you've got to trust your players. You know, you can't, you can't have someone on the field that you don't trust, and mm. therefore try, try and avoid them. Uh, they obviously felt like that was the best call at the time. Probably front man, less, yeah. less chance of it, of it, of it being turned over. But obviously, that didn't happen. But oh, I, I do think there's a definitely a point in that. You. you you should be, yeah, your bank, your banker man. That's where the ball should be going yeah. to. I, I think as well. Like I, I don't know much about. I mean, I know as much about lineouts as you know about uh, fullback play, Tom. <laughs> but I, I think as well. You know, we weren't expecting it to go to to Levi Douglas. So, so perhaps the Quinns players weren't as well. I, I don't really know if, if that's well, how yeah, it they works, didn't even jump, sort of, did they? But, yeah, catching yeah. them kind of kind of off guard. But yeah. Yeah. reverse psychology I think if we <laughs> think we're not, have enough trouble with psychology let's, let's not bother with reverse psychology God, yeah. double bluffs call my bluff yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad Bath, Bath doesn't play poker because it'd be a very poor club <laughs> yeah um, just a, cu- a couple of other things about about the sort of end of the game, guys. And I, you know, we don't want to drag this out too much longer. But um, you know, plenty of interaction with with people on Twitter. So so thank you so much for for getting in touch. And I, I think um, credit to to Lloyd Rimmer for for some of the conversation topics we've had earlier in the podcast about the sort of mind coach and whether it's um, a coaching or a player issue. The fact that, that we keep throwing these games away. And a, a question from from friend of the podcast Matt Hardy who who says. Tom, and I'll ask this to you: Should should Cooper Vuna have done slightly better at the end there, on for the tackle on L? Yeah, I it, it, it's it's pretty tough. It's it's a hard challenge mm. to make. I mean, you, who who would be playing in this place? And that's that's Big Joe. And I have a sneaky feeling that he wouldn't have let Nathan L pass him. Saying that, it's very difficult because Vuna's got to defend the inside man, mm. and and the miss pass comes, and it means that. Um, Nathan Earls on the outside of Vuna, so got much honest, more space. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't be critical of, of Vuna as an individual, but I think that had that been Thokonasiga, 
um, Earl might have struggled to to get over. But I think that says more about Thokken Asiga than than maybe it does about Vuna, mm. and maybe maybe that's slightly harsh comparison. Yeah, I think also you look at the size of the two blokes, and ninety percent ninety percent of the time there's only one winner. But I, I think you could, the same argument could be made slightly earlier on when Joe Marchand scored his second try. Confo to Lee's trying to tackle him around his neck. And he, mm. he just he carries him he carries him ten meters and just manages to scr- uh, scramble over the line with ten minutes to go. He so he comes on it's his first and throughout the play you just think you know if you if you if you're covering back just chop him around the legs he he tries to go high from 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 behind yeah it's, it's yeah. the same point obviously these guys they're not trying not to tackle these people but sometimes yeah it's 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 a it's, it's a technical error and it's. They they are costing us costing us games. Yeah, catalogue of of errors at the death and 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 throughout the game as well, guys. Comedy and, of errors, I think we should call it. Yeah, comedy of errors. Well, I, I tell you what, I was not laughing very much on on Saturday afternoon, Tom. I, I'll um I'll tell you that now. Um, one topic, guys. I I do think we um we should bring up. Um, and I kind of feel like I know what the answer to this question is for, from you guys is going to be, but. Certainly, a few people um, suggesting suggesting this, this on on Twitter and on Facebook, and I'm I'm gonna um, just read one of them out, coming from um, Tom Jones, who says, "I think it's finally time to say Blackadder out." Harsh but true. My initial thoughts were against Dempsey, but it's clear that our attack is there. Top six finish is a must. Now, Tom, we as a collective, I think, have kind of brushed the the Blackadder out comments aside and and, and called them ridiculous throughout the season. Um, do you do you do you sort of see any any merit in that now or, or any sort of merit in that argument? Not really. I, mean, I think the club has almost backed itself um, into a corner slightly with obviously the long term vision that that it set out and 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 you know um, stating that they they expect Stuart Hooper to to take over from Blackadder either um, at the end of this season or at the end of next season. And, and to be honest, I think at the end of this season would be. Um, would be pretty premature. So um, no, I'm 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 not um, I'm I'm not sort of on board with that with that with that line of thought. And I think it is it, it's difficult to know where to where to point the blame. Really, I'll, I'll go back to the, um, Lloyd's question about whether or not it's a coaching um, or a or a player issue. And and for me, there are there are two main elements to this. The first thing is selection. So that's something that is purely a coaching error. We've spoken about the errors that. Um, the, or the errors in selection that we believe had a material impact on the game. And to me, if you don't have that foundation of selection, you make it very, very difficult for the players to do their jobs, as we spoke about with Freddie Burns. And the second element is is the mental side the, and the game management side under pressure. And for me, that is the player issue. And mm. for me, that's that's the that's the I think more important issue in this discussion because we're, we're playing well for large parts of these games. You know, mm. the, we, yeah. last, last week. Or last week. Can I, can I just give yeah. a quick stat? Last four games in the Premiership, okay, we've been ahead in all four of those games at the 70-minute mark. We've been ahead in all four of those games at the 80-minute mark. <laughs> and we have lost three yeah. to Worcester, Northampton and Quinns. <laughs> and that, that, yeah. that is not, that's, that's not a coaching issue. That's not a skill issue for me. That is a, that is a, that is a mental inability to, to, close down, to close games, to win games. And we can speculate about about Katie Warren or about what's going on behind the scenes on the mental side. But um, for me, that is, that is principally mm. um, a player issue. 
Um, to be honest, that doesn't really answer your question, but I just no, want, to, I, want to get that off my chest. I, I think brilliantly put, Tom. I, I think that kind of sums up the way I feel about it. I think it's very difficult to sort of lay the blame at, at someone's door, like it is with with every defeat. And 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 I think it's sort of a, a comedy of errors, as as you put it, Tom. That, that from from a number of, of different people, the players, the coaches, the backroom staff, which has sort of culminated in in a really disappointing defeat. And and there's a lot of good stuff that they've done, but it's just not been quite enough again. Um, this week yeah and it's, a, it's a results driven business mm, yeah the, I, one, sorry Charlie did you have a point to make no, on Blackadder no well I, I, I completely agree with both of what you said and yeah mm. Tom as you say last week it was we, we were all mm. shouting saying it's nothing to do with coaches mm. it's Max Clark doing his hair or uh, Max Leaf looking the wrong way yeah I, I think we're, we're all in agreement there and I think yeah it's not I don't think it's necessarily uh, a coaching issue and, and, and one other thing that I think we're we're always very quick to quash on this podcast and, and, and rightly so in my opinion but something that has been sort of circulating it on Twitter and that that is the the performance of referee Matt Carley and and specifically the sort of him not allowing Priestland to, to go for goal at the end there with with 50 seconds on the clock <laughs> winding the clock down and kicking it straight into touch Charlie what are your thoughts on on Carly's performance and that incident in particular? Carly's performance, I I I don't really agree with the whole stopping of the clock, but mm. I think it is a bit ridiculous <laughs> for Reese Breeson <laughs> to say I'll take a kick from ninety meters. Uh, it's not like playing in Bloemfontein in South Africa where you are you <laughs> can kick the ball a long way. Geez, high altitude. We're we're at the wreck. Um, <laughs> and Reese Breeson to, to tell him, oh, can I just you know just be a real shit bloke and, and just, just kick this ball into touch uh, when the 90 seconds is up. I just, it's not really sportsmanship, is it? I yeah. think, I think, yeah. It was said, right. to, it was said tongue in cheek. As yeah, well. I, I completely I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think people kind of picked up on it and sort of made more Breeson of it. was laughing a yeah. little bit. Um, I, th- I think yeah. he kind of felt like the, the game was almost won at that, at that stage. Yeah. And it was tongue in cheek, two, as you say. Two um, points I was going to raise on, on, uh, on the refereeing uh, sort of performance. The first was just around the scrums, and it's something that um, I've I've banged on about lots of times. And, and I felt that the scrums were an absolute lottery on the day. I think it was a pretty even contest, and Matthew Carley was sort of just going penalty one way and penalty the other way, basically based on who he'd not given the penalty to at the previous previous scrum. And I would really like to see, on a more general point. Um, when the ball's at the back and the scrum collapses, just the ball used because ultimately the scrum is a is a method of restarting the game. But um, more and more, I think front rows are, are looking for the penalties and looking to mm. to collapse, and um, that's not good for the spectacle um, or for sort of um, for, for the for the fairness sort of of of, of the game itself. And and the second point was just on the on the second Nathan Earl try. Um, for Mar- me, I, yeah, Marchant so, try. Sorry, sorry, yeah. uh, Marchant try when when Brown um, sort of. Uh, or didn't knock it on, but it came off his knee. And I, w- I would have liked them to have to have a closer look at that because they actually mm. only looked at it once from front on and, and not particularly um, sort of slowed down. And I, I thought, I thought on first look it looked like it, it looked mm. like it came off his came off his hand. But um, it was I think, also sorry, just sorry, just to interrupt you quickly, Tom. It was also uh, mentioned by the commentator that Brown was kind of looking around, kind mm. of sheepishly. Yeah, he looked behind, knew, look yeah, behind he him, look behind him yeah. straight away, thinking, "Oh, I've, 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 that's hit my hand. Uh, are they going to see it? They're going to call me up." Mm. And that, that really should raise an eyebrow. Should, yeah, it should take more than one look. I know it's, it's moments like this though, and I, I, I just feel I'm completely uh, going being all hypocritical because we say, "Oh, TMOs take too much time, take all of this," uh. and it's moments like this when it's <laughs> when it's, it's gone against you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, I, yeah. I haven't. I've I've only been able to see that one angle because that's all I've had access to, and yeah, it's 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 very close, and would have perhaps liked to see another angle, but hey. yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think more 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 angles would have been like appreciated, and I think because he'd sort of said any reason not to award the try, he kind of then only thought, oh, I'll take a quick look at yeah. it, and then then I'll give it. If it had been the other question, try or no try. Um, then he may have sort of looked at looked at more more angles. Yeah, and, and I think more generally, sort of to attribute um, the loss to, mm, to, hun- to those decisions yeah. um, is, is is to misidentify um, the issue, and that is um, on the bath side and not on the refereeing side. Yeah. Well, yeah. just just I'll just quickly throw it out there. Then um, the Rory McConaughey almost you know him after the kick through chasing mm. Homer's kick through. Didn't, uh, get it. didn't get it. Nah, no, I think he drops that. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I just felt like he had a finger still on the ball, but you know, again, that's another. There's a clear it's another, gap. another yeah. area of. Well. I think we we spoke about uh, Brown's body language before his knock on. I think McConaughey's body language that try kind of kind of gave it away. He certainly, I don't think. Uh, felt like he'd scored it. Um, so yeah, I, maybe that's I'm just my that maybe that's my rose tinted spectacles looking at Rory McConaughey. I love oh, him, don't I? I mean, I did tweet actually <laughs> with a with a proposal, an official proposal to him. So uh, yeah, I think that that's quite a nice um, opportunity to sort of segue. No, we're, the... we're vetoing any politics <laughs> this week. I'm afraid. <laughs> I, well, I won't be contributing. <laughs> okay, Charlie, do you want to have a, a chat about positives, or shall I just uh, mention a couple and then we'll move on to next week? No, oh. come on, I'm only joking. Let's. Jeez. Yeah. Well, there are some lads. There are some lads that deserve credit for yeah, sure. Yeah, and I, I think that, that man um, McConaughey is one of those guys. Yeah, really, really, really bloody good again. I, he is so so impressive. That sort of tenacity to to nearly get that try that we we spoke about, and, and the tenacity to score the try that he he did score from from a really nice sort of set move off the line out. You know, maybe Gervin Dempsey one out of the playbook from from Dempsey, and I think McConaughey again in, in everything he did. Charlie, I know I'm sort of preaching the, to the converted here, but in everything he did, fantastic again, and and yeah, really becoming a sort of fan favorite and a, and a podcast favorite. I think yeah, he certainly is, and. Uh... I, he's turned out to be one of one of the best signings oh. that we've had. I think mm. we'd all agree. Uh, we yeah. spoke right at the start of the season, and he's perhaps a guy we slightly overlooked. I think we we, we touched on you know, his potential, but he's he's fulfilled all of it so far, and uh, just looking forward to him developing even more as a 15s and player. All of it and more. I, I did not even conceive in my mind that he'd be this good after the experience he's had. Um, the, the, you know how little experience he's had in in 15s. He's he, he's absolutely fantastic. I thought um, Zach Mercer yeah. again was an absolute standout. Eddie Jones, obviously, yeah. um, sitting in the West Stand, will have been, I hope, uh, very impressed um, with Zach Mercer. And I thought Tom Dunn um, again mm. carried really well. And, and we spoke after after the interview we did with with Tom Dunn about about that, how that was the thing he was looking um, to improve his exp- you know um, being explosive in the carry. And I thought um, we saw that probably more than than I can remember with with Tom Dunn but yeah. yeah these guys are the issue though the, the, these guys are the problem because I would much rather it'd be a full-gone conclusion and we lost by 40 points and it was all over in 20 minutes but it's because these guys are so good that it becomes such a painful torturous death um as as you described it Charlie so um yeah whereas I'm glad to see them playing yeah, be well worse. be worse be yeah. worse just that's just it's like when I went to Allianz Park earlier in the season and 
you know, I knew we were going to lose the game after sort of 20 minutes. And I actually quite enjoyed the spectacle. Um, quite enjoyed the Alex Good tearing it up and, and we lost comfortably. And it went home and I was like, well, you know, I, I knew that was going to happen early on. But it's just these late, these late, these late losses. When they're so late in the day, they, they take so much out of you, don't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. We've somehow managed to, to blame all this on, on Rory McConaughey, Tom Dunnan and Zach Mercer. Miles Reed was just the other one I was going to highlight, actually. Yeah. On at half time for Francois Lowe, big shoes to fill. I thought I thought he had a good game. Um, yeah, yeah the, the ginger hair certainly helping him that he sticks out in absolutely everything everything he does that's good. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, just quickly on on um, Mars yeah. Reed. Have any of you ever seen Family Guy? Because the, if, if you haven't, I'll tweet out a photo later. But he looks a spitting image of, uh, of 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 Stewie's kind of identical evil twin brother Bertram. <laughs> I will tweet it out. It is absolutely hilarious. I only only realised at the weekend. So uh, after after Charlie's rant last week, he's doing everything not to talk about the game. We've had horse riding. We've had Family Guy. What are we gonna have next? <laughs> Please just make it stop. <laughs> yeah, check us out. Follow us on Twitter um, at Bath Rugby Plug to to check that photo out later. We'll tweet that out um, now. So. Um, yeah, Tom. I, I think one guy that you mentioned there was was Zach Mercer. I, I thought he was he was the best player on the pitch. To, to be quite frank about it, there was a bit of chat. I think about Don Brandt and, and Mercer and the sort of battle of the young young English um, number eights. But well, for me. Uh, Mercer was uh, far and away the best player on the pitch. Outshone uh, Don Brandt in a losing side, and 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 I think a tweet from um, official BRSC uh, at Ale Bath really sums up sort of the way I felt about about Mercer's um, performance. And they say, well, that was a horrible. While that result was horrible to take, I think Zach Mercer in particular deserves a call out for his performance today. Technically brilliant, full of heart and just never stopped. We see it and appreciate it, Zach. So an absolutely brilliant performance I felt yep. from, from Mercer in a losing side. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and I hope hope he gets his you know international recognition mm. after Eddie Jones watching that performance. Um, Charlie uh, didn't listen to an a-, a word of that because he's uh, searching for <laughs> Stewie's evil twin. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, <laughs> I, I'm on board with that now. Miles Reed. <laughs> You gotta have to tweet that out and let us know if you agree. That is. Have you ever seen him in the same room? I think that's the that's the question. That could be the new that could be the new Tom and Ben Curry thing. We could have him on the bench, Miles Reed starting. Bring them on, bring them on, he'd be absolutely interchangeable. So I just showed Gabriel. Um that is harsh on Miles Reed. <laughs> right. Uh, right. One final positive, I'll just say. Benno is back. Yeah, yeah, great, great look to see. Look that. good as well. Yeah, mm. look good. Uh, folded the other massive prop on the field in half. Uh, um, yeah, Josh Ibwanukupe. <laughs> I don't know why I tried that. Regretted that quite early on. I actually think they call him Big Josh, like we call um, we call Big Joe. Big Joe <laughs> makes it easier, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Great to have Benno back, Charlie. As you say, I think that was the sort of standout team news for for, for everyone. Benno back on the bench, and 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 we've said a uh, you know a couple of times how that position at loose prop now is 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 really really strong, and and with only sort of eight games left now in the season, Benno's going to want to start as many of them as he can to sort of push a a final England World Cup spot claim but he's going to struggle to to get into the side ahead ahead of catty i thought again was 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 really strong um any more positives uh from 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 that game boys have we, have we managed to scrape any others out i think that's that's me about about done for, for well, think, that kind of thing yeah the, the only positive is at least next this coming weekend we know we're gonna lose 
<laughs> well, let's come on to it. And, and we're back at the wreck on Friday night, um, welcoming English champions Saracens. Uh, just what we need, I think, guys. Um, Tom, how do you... You, you're, you say you're at Allianz Park for the return fixture, um, hoping for a, a slightly stronger performance than, than that. I think it. I think it will be a strong performance. You know, we spoke about this uh, in detail at the time. We put a second string mm. side out for that that Saracens um, game at the Allianz Park, and I think the Saracens side that will turn up at the Wreck um, on Friday night will be um, sort of not second string, but they are missing um, a significant number of players through through international duty to the extent that they don't really look um, like mm. Saracens, to be honest. And and we saw against against Gloucester um, during the international period um, that, that they are fallible. Um, you know, they, they, they can be beaten. And we spoke before this premiership block about this being probably the best time possible to, to play Saracens. So um, <laughs> who... <laughs> You know, we're not going to get a better chance than this. So who knows um, if we if if we'll take our opportunity? It's 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 hard to it's just so hard to hard to predict what what Bath team uh, well, will. It's turn not that out. hard to predict what Bath team. <laughs> well, it's going to be one that breaks your heart at the end at the end of the game. I, I I fear, but yeah, Charlie, how do you um how do you see see this one panning out, mate? Yeah, like you're right, Tom. Best best uh, time of the year to be playing them while mm. they're missing all their internationals. Um, but I, I, I still think they're, they're just a team that's just no. They, 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 they know how to win, and they've shown it over the past couple of weeks. Even, even I think they've had uh, Alex Good playing at ten. Even mm. uh, I know he started off once there, uh, but yeah, I think we, 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 we've got as much of a shot as ever being at home uh, and having a pretty strong set of mm. uh, set of players out who are available to us. But I just think. We're in such a rut that I, I I just don't I just don't I can't really see us winning. We this. we we won't win this. <laughs> there's 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 very little chance in my mind that we'll win this, and and it's exactly no, and it's exactly for the reason the reason that you say there because they have that killer instinct, they have that know how. You know, I mentioned the Gloucester game; they lost. They were they played terribly in that game up until about seventy five minutes, and then they got two converted tries in the seventy seventh and the eighty second minute, mm. um, which meant that they got the losing bonus point. They, they lost by six points at King's home. So if they can score two tries in the last five minutes against Gloucester, they'll probably get four or five against us. It could be, it could be absolute carnage in that, in that last five minutes. Don't, don't leave, don't leave your seats early. If you're, if you're at the rep, because uh, you could see a fair bit of action in that last five minutes. I, I did think I saw on Twitter, a, a petition going around to, yeah. uh, to, uh, to make it illegal for Bath games to last more than 75 minutes. So if you did come across that, get your signature down. Yeah. Sign it. How many do we need to, for that? to go um <laughs> go in front of government <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know tom like yeah i don't think we have a very good chance of beating them but i don't think we've got absolutely no chance of beating them and i think the wreck is going to play a really important sort of factor both the wreck and the sort of start that that we get off to and i know the the end is where we've been throwing these these games away but i think the start this week is is absolutely crucial because there is a real negativity around the club at the moment. There, there is no getting away from that around, you know, the players, the media around the club and the supporters. It's kind of feeling like this season is, is slipping away. And if they turn up and sort of go 14-0 up like like Harlequins did um, 
this weekend and I think we're going to really struggle to sort of pull that back and and God forbid you know the the the, the fans might start to sort of turn turn on the players and there'll be a real negative vibe around around the stadium so I think the start this week is absolutely crucial and uh, and of course the the finishes and yeah 80 minute performance please just once this season Bath. Yeah, and are we going to mention sort of wider um, sort of league implications and sort of how we how it's shaping up going forward? Because mm, I, yeah. I think we should. Because there's been a lot of people um, on social media coming out and say, "Oh, you know, um, that's our top four hopes gone." Um, you know, we're now only only fighting for top six. And whereas, because we've got um, Saris and Exeter in the next in in the next two fixtures, it is going to be tough. We're not out of the running in terms of top four, so we're we're not. We're six points behind Gloucester. Um, insect who you know we'd be on the, equal points if we won these past two games. Oh, we'd be on. We'd be, we'd be more. Yeah, we'd be way more. So the, no, no, because no, we got two losing two losing bonus yeah, points. But, you got to remember. Yeah. So we wouldn't have got them. So we've we've lost out on six points, and we are sat on thirty five six points behind Gloucester on forty one. Yeah. So well, yeah, actually, that so, maths makes sense to me. Yep. <laughs> to look to look to look at the season to look a little bit further back. So all the tight games that we've lost or yeah. or drawn late on. So Gloucester obviously with the with the Matt Banner hand try. Sorry, I just yeah, made yeah, this I past know, two I know, weeks. But I, I just was having a look look through the results. And so Gloucester with the with the draw, Sale um, with that seven all dire match at the wreck. Then Worcester Saints and Quins, um, obviously three out of the last four games. So if we win all of those, that's a fourteen point. <laughs> swing to, to where we are now and and when you think how tight the table is we're sitting on 35 points and uh Waston 36 ahead of us and then you look down the table Leicester in ninth on 34 it's yeah. incredibly tight if you if, you know if you, if you add those 14 points in a perfect um world we're sitting on 49 points and we're in we're in third only just behind Exeter and Saracen so um very very small margins and mm. this is what we're going to be t- talking about come the end of the season yes, what to what find could, our what season. could have been, yeah. To find our season, sort of, our season has been unfortunately defined by by late sort of heartbreak and 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 you know missing out on points when when we we really are in no no position to to miss out on points when when the league is 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 so tight and and equally when it's this tight looking forward that there's probably not going to be a massive difference between fourth between sixth and seventh and then between ninth mm. and tenth to be honest so. Um, yeah, it, it's not over yet, and um, if we can, if we can turn things around, um, you know, we could end the season really well and, and and be talking about the second half of the season rather than the first half. Yeah, top top six is an is an absolute must. Like looking towards towards next season as well, it is such a boost when when your club is in the 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 high the eating off the highest table of European rugby because you know you get six really good games and you, and you get trip to to Toulouse like like we had guys so you know it's not quite the same when you're going to Grenoble is it quite so, keen to go to breathe actually Grenoble <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> uh, fantastic Tim, pronunciation Timosaurus Harrison's probably throw that one away late yeah. <laughs> right come on then boys it's been, yeah, our, it's been too painful let's pin our colours to the mast this weekend Tom I reckon I know which way you're going to go I'm going to go Sar- this is the reverse psychology thing Charlie you were talking about earlier I'm going to go Saracens um, and I think it'll be relatively wide I'm going to go Saracens by 16 points Charlie uh, yeah Saracens by 10 oh god I'm like, I can't predict against Bath so Bath <laughs> by 3 um, come on boys uh, we can do this so we'll be we'll be winning by ten what, with, <laughs> when when it, when the clock goes red, right? No, we'll be, we'll be bath by three uh, when it strikes eighty minutes. Up in, what happens after that? <laughs> I'm not here to predict. You ask me my eighty minute prediction. It's bath by three. Anything after that? That's out of um, imagine if we were trailing at eighty minutes and then we won by three. Oh god! Can you just imagine? imagine? No, I can't imagine, Tom. 
Right, guys. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And, and I think there is, as I say, a lot of sort of negativity um, around Bath at the moment. I, I think that was sort of um, summed up in a tweet, uh, just finally on this, guys, in a tweet by um, this stand-up Bath uh, Twitter account um, who said that after the game, their dad uh, was the first time they've ever not clapped the players off the field. Um, and yeah, I think there was definitely, certainly some some negativity at the end of the game on Twitter and at the ground. So um, I will just just say this um, before we go and try and leave it on a, on a little bit of a, a positive note. Um, if you're a Bath fan, when George Ford was tearing up Leicester Tigers in the 2015 semi-final. If you're a Bath fan, when John Callard was scoring all 19 points to take us to victory in the 1998 Champions Cup or European Cup final, then you're a Bath fan now. And we need to stick behind the boys thick and thin because this is when a club really finds out about its supporters. So if you are going to the wreck on Friday night, do get behind the boys, whatever happens, whatever start we get off, get behind the boys because you know that they want it just as much, well, more than we do. And they are busting a gut this week to turn it around. So stick behind the lads. Um, and yeah, let's remain positive. Thanks for joining us. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us wherever you listen. Do all that. But most importantly this week, stick behind the boys. Thanks, Charlie. Cheers. Well said, Gabe. And thanks, Tom. Cheers, mate. Yeah, well said.